this house, Brent Locker. We love you, Brent. Awesome. How we doing? Are we on? Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, I don't know about you all, that was, that was some fun uh, time with the Lord tonight, and, um, and it still is. Thank you, perfect, thanks. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. You ever, in fact, before I get into what I wanted to talk about tonight, you ever, you ever, like, maybe even tonight, you know, you're driving here, or, or maybe during the week, you're driving around, or doing something, and you're like, man didn't spend the time with the Lord I wanted to today, darn it, you know, I'm missing out, sorry God, and, um, and then you start thinking, well, tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to get up earlier, I'm going to go to bed earlier tonight, I'm going to get up earlier, Lord, I'll do, I'll, we'll, we'll have, hang out great, you know, we'll have some great time tomorrow, and the Lord says, how about right now? We're always putting it off for, I mean, even till tomorrow morning, he goes, hey, right now, I love you right now. I want, let's hang out right now, which doesn't even mean you have to stop your car and go, you know, I don't know, put a tent over your head or something. <laughs> you just get to enjoy him wherever you are. Isn't that good news? He, he loves that. So it kind of also takes away the guilt factor that we always kind of start pounding ourselves down with. And he's like, that's okay. How about right now? I'm free right now, are you? So, Lord, we are, f we are free and available for you to uh, touch our hearts and uh, soften our hearts and kiss our hearts with your tenderness, your goodness, <laughs> your pleasure. Thank you, Father, that we are your choice. Each one of you in this room, you are daddy's choice. He says, I pick you because I want to. And I get what I want. So thank you, Lord. We, we want to be gotten. We want to be taken in by you. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the full price on the cross so that we get to run into our Father's arms at any moment of any day. Whether we think we've done well or not is irrelevant because Jesus, you did well for us. And we get to run into the arms of our Papa, into the throne room all the time. Thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we are asking you to remind us of truth. Even the truth I just spoke, that we don't have to wait another hour. We don't have to wait till tomorrow. We get intimacy right now if we want it. That kind of truth. Holy Spirit, whisper that to us all the time so that the, the lies won't keep us separated. Um, there is no separation on your end ever, 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 Lord. You're with us. You're in us. The kingdom of God is within. But on our end, God, would you, uh, Holy Spirit, would you remind us of the truth so that we don't ever have to even think or imagine that there is separation on our on our end thank you that there is not 
So we invite you, touch us, touch us, touch us, Lord. Amen. You know what? Not only does God like each one of you, but I like you too. I'm looking around a room at all these faces, and I'm like, I like these guys. Um, I called this uh, Be Your True Self. Um, some of you are thinking, well, I don't want to be myself. I don't like myself. I said, Be Your True Self. So the more you know who you truly are, all you got to be is yourself, and you'll be doing great. Um, when I was reading uh, scriptures a little while ago, um, about a week or two ago, I ran across this verse in Ephesians 4, um, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. And it's not one of those verses that would jump out at me. I certainly didn't. Um, this isn't one of those scriptures I committed to memory. Uh, you know, in fact, if I called on some of you, you might be going, well, let's see, Ephesians 4, it might have something to do with, but it's one of those we kind of skip over a little bit, but it really gripped me, and I, I want to read it first. This is from the Amplified Version. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to and beg you to walk and lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called. I urge you, I beg you to live this, a life worthy of this divine calling. You know, in 1 Peter, it says that you share the divine nature. Chew on that one for a while. Next time you want to put yourself down. You share the divine nature. But Paul, we know Paul's a grace guy, right? Don't we know that by now? He's a grace guy. He really is. It's all Jesus. He did it. Man, hallelujah, wahoo. So I'm telling you what this doesn't mean already. I know Paul, I know he's not saying, I want you to strive harder, do more, um, you know, wear sackcloth and ashes, rub mud on your face, do something um, to get it so that you don't waste your life away. I know that's not what he's saying. So what is he saying? Well, that word, therefore, caught me. You ever get along in scripture, Paul uses therefores a lot. Or some of your scriptures will say then. So then. You know, if you're talking to somebody, da, 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 so then, or therefore, means you're talking about the thing you just talked about. You're saying, because of what I just told you, something else is true. So you got to back up. And uh, you got to back up to see what he's talking about. And if you go back to Ephesians 1, course that is yumminess multiplied Ephesians 1 if you ever want to be massively encouraged just go back and read Ephesians 1 really you can't stay discouraged and read that I, I dare you if you're discouraged read it and try to stay discouraged no because because it's all about the father choosing you wanting you you're in his family Jesus did it all you're free from sin you know the mystery of the gospel Christ in you. And then Ephesians 2 says, you were dead. That was your existence. You were in pretty sad shape. All of us were. But God, because he loved you, he brought you around in Christ. You're his now. It's all by grace. It gives you no reason to boast. Can't have it. 
And then you get into Ephesians 3, which is when Paul starts to pray this amazing prayer that precedes this right here. And here is this prayer. I'm going to come back to Ephesians 4 in a minute. I'm just telling you the therefore, what it went back to. He's saying, because these things are true, everything I told you in this scripture, in the, in, in the letter up till now, I don't want you, don't waste it, don't waste it. Um, but let's go back to the prayer in Ephesians 3. This is from God's Word translation. And Paul says, this is the reason I kneel in the presence of the Father, our Father in heaven, from whom all the family in heaven and on earth receives its name. You, you are daddy's kids. You are papa's kids through and through. I'm asking God to give you a gift of the wealth from the wealth of his glory. Okay, what is that gift? I pray that he would give you inner strength and power through his spirit. His spirit strengthening you. His spirit empowering you. Then Christ will live in you through faith. And here's the rest of the of those verses. I also pray that love may be the ground into which you sink your roots and on which you have your foundation. Love may be the ground that you sink your roots into in which you have your foundation. This way, with all of God's people, you will be able to understand how wide and long and high and deep is his love. His love is. You will know Christ's love, which is, he says, beyond understanding, which goes far beyond any knowledge. But you're going to know it. He's like, how do you know the infinite? How, God's love is absolutely infinite. His, his passion is, is you can't, you can't, uh, you know, it's immeasurable. You can't measure it. So how could you know it? Especially with our, our, the finiteness of the way we think, at least at this point. How could you know that? He says, oh, because we're talking about an experiential knowing. Like, I'm not talking about this, he says. I'm talking about this. You're going to know in your knower that he loves you. How much? Oh, this much and this much and this much and this much. You're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Those aren't real words. I know, but that's how, you, how else are you going to describe something that's infinite? He loves you, you know, how, this much. That's how much he loves you. I'm praying this so that you may be completely filled with God. Don't you want to be completely filled with God? Yeah. You are, actually. But you want to be completely filled. How, how do we experience the fullness of God? Really simple. You know his love. It's so simple. You experience his love. And the more you do, the more you allow yourself to actually believe there's a Father in heaven who adores you, that you are lovable, you're everything he ever wanted. You're thinking, what? You know me, Brent? Yeah. I, well, I do, kind of, but 
The Father really knows you because he made you and you are his dream fulfilled. When he made you, you were absolutely his dream fulfilled. And he says, you, I love. That's how you're going to get filled. And so because I just told you that it's really hard to talk in, in sometimes in verbal language, you know, people that go to heaven they, and come back sometimes because Jesus says, not quite your time. Why don't you go back and, and uh, I got some things for you to do. And they come back and they, they can't s describe in words. You know, I always read that in their explanations. I have, I, words are so limited, but this is the best I can do. Well, since words are limited when we're talking about this limitlessness of his love and how he wants to fill you, I thought I'd use a picture, right? Since pictures are worth a thousand words. So here we go. This is how God wants to fill you. Just step in. Here it comes. <laughs> so that's how God wants to feel you and feel you and feel you and feel you. I, I guess that picture might have been better if it wasn't like really cold outside right now in February. You might, it might be more inviting for you to step in. Just pretend that was warm water. <laughs> so that's, that's what he wants to do. Let me talk a little bit more about this Father's love, about knowing the Father's love. The Father lavishes his love upon you. Lavish, that's a great word. You don't use that word too much. I just, when I hear lavish, you know, lavish, like so much, just abounding and flooding over. He lavishes his love on you. That's First John chapter 3, verse 1. So much, he says, oh, he lavishes his love on you, and he calls you his child. You're his very own. That's not a, a cool analogy to make you feel good. You really are his son or his daughter sitting here this morning or this evening. That's who you are. It's who you are. So here's some truths because of that. You are a joy and not a problem to him. Isn't that good news? All right, well, here's some more. Here's some more good news. I like good news. You like good news? I like good news. You are a treasure and not a project to him. <laughs> I, know, I know sometimes we think we're projects because we hear, and it's true, scriptures where, where the Lord's finishing in us what he started. That's very true. So is he, is he working on our character? Yeah, but not because you're a project. No, it's because he absolutely loves you and says, I know what's going to make you happy. I know also how to, to make you so bright in the Lord. I know, I know how to make you so attractive 
to others, that you're going to have major encounters and impact wherever you go. Because I, I love you, so I know how to do that. Because you're my treasure. Here's another one. You're a delight, not a disappointment to him. A delight. He says, wow. He says, ooh, look at you. See, he's got a big old smile on his face. He really does. Just the other day, we were, I'm going to tell more about the context of this in a minute, but we were in a situation where um, um, there, was a, there was a ministry, and I actually was getting my feet washed by someone. And very, very humbling experience, to be sure. And as I was, as I was sitting there, and then after, after they washed my feet, they actually put um, lotion on it and began to rub my feet. And then the most wild thing happened because my eyes were closed at this point. And these hands, it was a woman's hands. There was a couple people there doing it, but there was a woman's hands. But, but I, I kid you not, and I know you aren't thinking I do, those hands became Jesus' hands. They became rugged. I could feel the holes in his hands. And he was looking up at me and smiling at me and taking pleasure in me and he said, son, because he was rubbing my feet, he said, son, you ready to keep walking? Ready to keep going? We got some things to do. See, but that's the delight, not the disappointment. You know, we're looking at, at ways in which we feel like we have messed up or we have um, let God down. And he says, you know, I actually knew that before the foundation of the earth, which is why I had Jesus come in your place. So therefore, you can't live in regret. I'll change you, especially if you, the more you ask me to change you, I will change you. But this living in regret thing, all, all you're doing is agreeing with the enemy, and it's killing you. It's absolutely killing you. So he says, no, let's move on, because you're my delight. Here's another one. He's tickled with you, not ticked off at you. <laughs> See, that's just a good word right there. <laughs> See, I'm always, I'm trying to come up with different phrases because we got to get this thing. And that was Paul's whole prayer. You got to get this. If, if I could sum up Paul's prayer that we just read a minute ago. He's like, you have got to get this. He loves you. How much? You know, this much. You got to get this. You got to get it. I think there's one more. Yeah. He likes you and he likes being with you. Isn't that good news? Even when you're grumpy, Even when you're fill in the blank, <laughs> whatever you are right now or, or, you know, any time during any day, he's like, I still like you. You can't get me to not like you. <laughs> so honestly, sometimes when we get 
sometimes when we get pretty wounded, I'm sure most of you in this room know this, but sometimes if people who are really wounded actually try to sabotage relationships because I don't want you to get too close to me because I'm afraid you're going to reject me, so I'll just make sure I keep sabotaging it anytime we get anywhere near close. That way I won't ever have to worry about getting hurt again. Problem is, is you know, that's just a horrible way to live life because you don't ever have closeness and, and love, which we were made for, and friend, deep friendships, which we were made for. But I'm telling you this, you cannot sabotage this relationship with God. You can't, I don't care how much you push him away and say, God, I'm yucky, you can't like me, no, la, 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 you don't love me. <laughs> he says, you know, you're saying la, 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 he goes, oh, no, I'm in here. I'm, I'm in here. I'm already in there. I'm not going anywhere. I love you. No, no, Lord. You couldn't love me. I love me. Always have, always will. It's my choice. I'm God. So, um, so I want to show you another illustration because another um, picture, this one, uh, just as an illustration of a, a really good illustration of the Father's heart for you. Sometimes we feel ineffective. We feel like, God, am I even doing anything? I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Am I helping anybody? Am I making any difference whatsoever? I'm just doing this little thing. Okay? Here we go. This is the Father's heart. Where's Tommy? thought he was with you. No. Jack. Tommy? Go get him. So, did you hear that? He, the, the maestro said, great job. And that's what your father says to you. He says, great job. I, I know we don't always make all the right choices every day. I know we don't, you know, love fully the way we wish we would. God's changing that, okay? But he is saying, you're, you're making more of a difference than you know. Keep going. He says, good job. Good job. You just do your part and watch what Let's do this together. Let's do this thing together. See, he's not going to leave you hanging at all. Here, I want to show you one more. Um, and um, this one, you have to be over a certain age to even remember this TV show. Um, I'm old enough to know about it. <laughs> so we'll see how many of you know it. But... Um, this again, it's a, this happens to be a father-son. I, I, I want all you women to know this isn't just about father-sons, even though it's two fa uh, sons in these, that it's, he feels the same way about every one of his daughters. 
Um, and I, I just want you to, to see the interaction that, remember when I told you about, you know, if you're, if you're uh, driving along kind of saying, oh God, I'm sorry, I'll spend time with you tomorrow. And he says, how about right now? See, this is, this what we're about to look at is just an, uh, an example of how he wants to relate to you in everything. Just even the silly questions you have or whatever it is. So here we go. Pay attention to the words of the song too. Well, you cranked it up. Okay, I'm gonna back it up. Can can you get the sound? Okay, here we go. Let's try it again. Can you know how to do the sound? I think it might rain tomorrow. Really? What makes you think so? Well, the weatherman said clear, and he's wrong a lot. Why do we have holidays? Well, there are number special days. See, there's national holidays, local holidays, and personal holidays. Well, last Sunday, when you took me horseback riding, yeah. we ate peanuts, and you told me jokes, and we kept laughing. Yeah, you had a good time, huh? I had the best time. Oh, well, then that's a holiday. Dad, do you think I'll ever grow up? Oh, sure, Stuart. Everybody spends some of their life being a child and some being an adult. I don't know. So far, I spend all my life just being a child. Well, let's tell you about my best friend. He's a warm-hearted person who loves me till the end. People, let me tell you about my best friend. He's a one boy, curly boy, my up, my down, my pride and joy. People, let me tell you about him. It's not much fun. Whether we're talking man to man or whether we're talking son to son, cause he's my best Turn the other one down. That's why there's feedback on this now. There you go. All right. So um, he's my warm-hearted, cuddly toy, my up, my down, my pride and joy. It's just a great song. And that's how the Father feels about you all the time. Not on the days you think you're doing good. Not on the days you think you are, are particularly more holy. But he loves you because you're his. And um, that, uh, by the way, that the, the, the courtship of Eddie's father, I actually know how old Eddie is. How old do you think he is? <laughs> I will tell you, he's one year older than me. So if you know my age, you know his age. 39. 39, thank you. Do I hear 36? Anyone? Anyone? I got that 36. Okay. <laughs> How do I know that? <laughs> I know that because I went to school with him. Um, that's a little trivia you don't know. It wasn't like we were best buds or anything, but he was actually in eighth grade when I was in seventh grade in our junior high. And, um, of course, everybody knew him, Brandon Cruz, because he was the star actor. Anyway, 
But the point was that, uh, that that's, that's how your father loves you. And that's what Paul was saying is you got to get this. So that was, the main, that was the main part of the prayer about the love. And the second part of the prayer was this. He said, I want you to know the power that you've been given. This is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Glory be to him whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. How do you measure that? I don't know. Glory be to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We have infinite power. I know we can all know that. We've, we've read this scripture before. What does that mean? I'm telling you, we don't fully know yet. We, we're, we're getting there, but we don't. I want to tell you a story, though. I am... Um, I was trying to think which which story, Lord. I, there's a lot of times where I've seen God's power displayed pretty pretty awesomely. Um, I think um, I think I want to tell the story of a there uh, there was a when I was a youth pastor early early on. This was almost 20 years ago. There was a secretary that worked at our at our office and uh, our church office, and uh, she had broken her back when she was a teenager. She fell out of a second story window. And broke her back, and she was in, you know, full body cast for however long. But actually, um, her back wasn't fully healed when they took the cast off. And so, subsequently, for the next 20 years, she was in and out of pain, probably a lot more in pain than out of pain. And one particular day, I went to, into work, and um, she was in one of those uh, braces, you know, um, hard, hard braces in the middle. And clearly, she had re-injured it. She she was actually, a, I think, at a youth retreat, and she was all she was doing. I think she was on the bunk bed, and she just hopped off to the floor, and that jarring did it. You know, just sent her into all kinds of horrible pain. And so um, I said to her, I said, you know, I've been. This was kind of early on when I was praying for people, when I just began to see healing, like really early on, just maybe a few months worth of, of seeing God do amazing things. And so I said. I said, um, you know, I, I've seen God do some pretty incredible things in healing. Would, would you like me to pray for you? And, and she was a Christian, but she certainly wasn't uh, one who really um, understood or maybe believed or saw this kind of miracles. But she said, sure. So um, I began to pray for her. And uh, actually, before I prayed for her, I just talked to her for a few minutes. And uh, she had more of a, a traditional church background. And, but in her growing up, she always had some of the feelings we were just talking about of, uh, about not feeling like she measured up, like she was good enough, you know, that God must be disappointed in her, those lies. But she had some of those deep inside of her. And I said, well, you know, God, God really loves you, but let's, let's pray. I can't remember all the conversation that took place, but we began to pray. And um, as I did, as I laid hands on her, um, I mean, to this day, I've never experienced anything quite like this, uh, where, I mean, literally, things were popping and moving, all, shifting all over her back. Um, I mean, I could feel it. She could feel it. You know, it was, you could feel it, but you could also hear it. It was that loud and uh, sudden. And, um, and she began to cry. And the first thing I was thinking was, oh, no. <laughs> 
seriously, I was like, oh, no, what, I, what happened? Like, she's in terrible pain now. I did something horrible. Um, but she, she started crying, and she said, there's no pain. And I said, oh, okay. I said, this is great. Why don't, you, why don't you do something you couldn't do before? She said, well, everything hurt. And I said, um, we were standing at the time. I said, how about sitting down? She goes, oh, that would be terrible pain. I said, well, why don't you sit down? So she sits down, you know, kind of gingerly to test it, and then she just starts crying all over again. And, and she's like, there's no pain, there's no pain. I said, wow, that's awesome. And she said, can I take off the brace? And I'm like, uh, whatever the Lord says, you know, <laughs> that's up to you. I, w- I was smart enough not to tell her to do it right at that moment, or at least, anyway. I, won't, uh, I said, whatever you want to do. So she takes off the brace, and she literally starts dancing around the room, just just full. Her, she was crying and weeping, and she was saying, I can't believe God loves me so much. I can't believe this. He loves me so much. And I knew, I, I knew her for about the next five, I think I saw her about five years later, actually, at an event, and she still was absolutely, completely pain-free. Never experienced another day of pain in her life. And one of the reasons why I love that story so much, first of all, like I told you, this was really early on. This was like 20 years ago for me. This was one of the, I would say, probably one of the first five people I prayed for, for healing. Thank you, Lord. You know, it really is about him. Um, In fact, there's a scripture I just read. uh, I I wanted to say Zechariah, but I could be wrong. Anyway, where, where it calls us a sword, the Lord uses us as a sword, as his sword. Think about that for a minute, because it'll explain something here, what I'm trying to tell you, that the the sword is pretty darn important in battle, wouldn't you say? But, you know, if if a person, you know, was just doing a spectacular, amazing thing in battle with, with the sword, at the end, people wouldn't be going, whoa, did you see that sword? Did you see what the sword did? It's about, it's about the warrior, right? It's about the, the person that used the sword. So it's the Lord. We're his swords, you know. So he's using us. He's sharpening us. He's doing everything we're supposed to be used for. But he's supposed to get the glory. He's supposed to get the credit. It's never about one person or about, you know, our own selves. Um, yes, it's imp- we are important. Don't get me wrong. But, it's, but he gets the glory. And so... Um, so back to this one, you know, it's, I love telling the story because, because she was so, you know, discouraged and, and um, you know, didn't, didn't know that God loved her. That, to me, is the greater miracle by far, you know, was that suddenly her eyes were opened to a papa who, who loved her, adored her, and God used the power. I, I could tell a lot of other stories. I, I want to, I'll tell one more, but this is, a, I'm going to tell a real brief version. I just, I love telling stories because we, we have to, you have to understand the stories I'm telling you isn't because I am special, but, this, but it didn't happen because I'm special, more special than you. Um, it, I will say, though, God began to use me more and more in healing because by grace, he began to show me that that was his heart's desire, that I step out and, and watch what he does. And so as we partner with him, just like that piano again, right, as we actually come out and do our part, the little chopsticks part, he will come around and say, watch this, okay? So the really, really quick second story, I'll tell the short version, but um, there was a young, uh, a teenage girl, and she was really, um, really depressed. 
um, because her parents, her parents had been uh, gone through a really bad divorce. There were a lot of other things that happened, and she was just a very, very depressed, even suicidal young woman. And one of the things that she was doing was she was just in her uh, pain, and she was pulling out her eyelashes and her eyebrows, you know, constantly. Just anytime they'd start to grow in, she'd pull them back out again. Just, um, you know, clearly not a not something for one of God's uh, princess daughters um, to be doing if she knew who she was. But but just because of her pain, that's what she did. So when I prayed for her, she came up, sweetest thing, you know, and she she said, um, I, I want. She felt she had a lot of shame on her, a lot of shame, and she said, I, I want Jesus to, you know, grow my eye, eyebrows back. Her eyelashes were actually, they had grown out, but her eyebrows, she had so destroyed the follicles and everything that they weren't even growing back completely, no, no hair. And so I began to, again, I began to minister to her, especially the Father's love, and tell her what the Lord thought of her, and, and you know, she's weeping and receiving it and uh, taking it in. But the other thing we did is we said, okay, Lord, and now would you do this miracle and would you, would you cause the, the eyebrows to grow back? Well, this was about 11 o'clock at night. It was a late night meeting. We were up late ministering to people. We had a first thing in the morning meeting about eight in the morning, eight or nine in the morning the next day. So you're talking, what, you know, 10 hours max. She comes running across the room to me. Look at what God did. Look at what Jesus did. And she already had stubble, I would say, like a good quarter, half inch long in 10 hours. Are you kidding me? That was, uh, that was just amazing. And I, again, I love telling all kinds of different stories because God, he uses us and he, and he, and he gives us power so that we'll represent his heart to people. It really isn't about the power. It's about the love. But he says, sometimes in order to display love, you need some power to do some things that I really want to do for that one, if you'll step out and, and help me. And, and uh, so that's the, that's the invitation. So I would call these two things in this prayer kind of the foundations. To know the love of a father and a savior, just wild, extravagant love, and to know the power that you carry that resides in you. And that's when you get to the, the part where Paul says, I urge you, I beg you, in light of that, don't waste it. He's saying, in light of that, be your true self. Be who you are. And you will be a world changer. So here it is in another, here, we're going to go back to that same verse, but in um, the mirror translation. And um, here's that first verse again. This is in the mirror. As one captive in the Lord, and this is just the author's parenthesis here, um, I have no other identity or agenda outside of Jesus. My complete existence is confined in him. And then Paul goes on. I urgently appeal to you, therefore, with reference to your original identity to conduct your life in such a way that your every move bears witness to the weight of and the value of who you really are. He surnamed you, not your parents or your culture. Paul's saying, know who you are. The divine, the divine. You share the divine inheritance. You just share the divine nature. 
And then it goes on. Isn't this interesting? Lately, we've been talking a lot about unity. I know I talked about it about a month ago. Lonnie talked about it last week. It just seems to be on God's heart. And I'm going to talk a little bit more again, but it's interesting. Right after he says, know who you are, walk in who you are, the very next thing he talks about is, is about our unity. And that's not a coincidence. This is because this is walking it out. He says, be mindful of the fact that meekness and tenderness are the fabric of your makeup, which enables you to show compassion even in seemingly impossible situations. You can show compassion even when you don't think you can. Eagerly bearing with one another in an environment where love rules. Being vigilant to guard your oneness of spirit. We are prisoners of peace. We confirm the fact that there is only one body. Also, there is only one spirit. We are identified in one expectation, one hope. There is no plan B. We bear the same surname. We are employed by the same boss. We share the same faith. And our baptism says the same thing. We are equally included in his death and resurrection. There's only one God, and he remains the ultimate father of the universe. I want to say this. Unity is not a theological issue. It is absolutely a matter of the heart. A lot of times we, we're, we talk unity as if it's theology. You want the theology? Here it is. We're already one. That is a theology. We're already one because we're already one in Christ. If you're in Christ and I'm in Christ and you're in Christ and you're in Christ, guess what? We're all, we all just met up in Christ. And we're in him and he's in us, but we're in him forever. We're already one. That's the theology. But you know what? Theology doesn't necessarily play out to how we respond to each other and how we how we choose to love each other how we choose even in frustrating situations to keep seeing the best in each other and that's where the lord's taking us and i want to tell you something i am seeing a shift a major shift happening i really am i'm seeing it in you all towards each other i know it doesn't always feel like that every day with every relationship and I understand that, but I'm telling you there's a shift going on. I am seeing it totally, completely in the larger body of Christ, even with different denominations and pastors. Here's where I want to stop and say that that, uh, that foot washing I was just talking about earlier, that was actually at an event that we had just this um, Thursday. And um, two times a year, I, I gather pastors from all around the Bay Area. Um, pastors and ministry leaders well over a hundred of them come together twice a year we've been doing this for five years and i'm telling you even in that group we're seeing huge shifts in the heart we're finally getting the heart of what god's been talking about all along um, well on thursday that was a different meeting i actually host a, a gathering of of key um, leaders apostolic leaders of their regions around the bay area the, the, the true kind of mothers and fathers of certain areas, gatekeepers, if you will, of their areas. We've been getting together. We started about two years ago. We've been getting together four times a year 
There's about, there's about 25 of us there. There's about 35 total, and about 25 of us were there together Thursday. I am telling you something. You, you have every reason to be really excited about what God is up to. Because when we met, when we met in this room, that there was, we, we all shared, and every time you hear the sharing, you know, what God's doing, that's very encouraging, but it's different. I, I wish I could put it into words, all that's different, but something huge has shifted. Um, I'm even ex- I've even experienced that shift in the pastors. I gather the pastors in this Tri-Valley. That shifted too this last month. Something changed. I can't put it all into words, but something shifted where there is, a, there is a knowing, that heart thing, there's a knowing that we really, really need each other to do this thing. That it was never, ever supposed to be about your church, my church, and competition, and rivalry, and jealousy, and, you know, that's, that has nothing to do with the kingdom. But, but when you start getting leaders who are getting this, shepherds who are getting this, I am telling you, we're right around the corner from a major revolution. I'm, I am telling you, are you feeling it? I am feeling it right now. There is a, there, it's right around the corner. And, and I really don't use those words lightly. I'm like, I, I've, I've been around this. My pulse, I, I would say for the last at least 15 years, unity has been a major call in my life. I have gathered and gathered and gathered and gathered. I've gone out and met pastors and encouraged them and said, man, I am for you and all the rest. I believe even part of Blazing Fire going from place to place to place was all part of that. That we were that 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 causes to get really deep with a lot of other uh, churches and and, and uh, staffs and pastors, uh, but something is different. Something is changing, and the the best way I can describe it is we are finally getting the heart of what God was after. We we haven't arrived. We're getting there, but we we're, but we're so dang close. We're getting the heart of it now. Unity. I want to state something really obvious. I've said this before, but unity does not mean that we are all going to agree on everything together. It'll never happen. Not until every one of us is face planted before the king in the throne room where we're so absorbed in him that that every thought that's his is ours, you know? That's when we'll agree on everything, okay? Until that time, no no question we're going to have disagreements. But what's changing, the heart of it is, disagreements don't have to cut us off anymore. That cutting off thing is, is over. That's an old, old thing that, that has no place in the kingdom. It, it really doesn't. So, so as you're working through things, you can, you can um, agree sometimes to disagree. You can always agree that even if I don't understand everything you just said, I'm still going to believe you're for me. Because we're brothers and sisters. We're in the same family. Why would we tear each other down? It, it's just going to take us longer to get to where we need to go. Whether that's right here in, you know, relationships in this room, whether that's with other parts of the body of Christ, everything is shifting. So I'm, I'm super, super, super excited about all this. There's, that sounds like, there's, it's, it's, the excitement is in my spirit. My spirit is juiced about this. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think, honestly, that's about what I had to say tonight. I, I want to, this is, could you stand up? We're going to, we're going to pray together. 
Yeah, you want to be juiced? Because <laughs> this is... <laughs> ha! Okay, let's just go. Lord, let the waterfall of your presence come. Lord, we just saw it with our eyes, but now we want to, we want to know it in our knower. We want to be filled, 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 filled. Thank you. God, that there is a river. <laughs> oh, there is a river that's flowing from your throne. From the throne room out. It's a river of joy. It's a river of life. It's a river of love. And it is flowing right over each one of you in this room. You are under it. <laughs> It is impacting you. It is filling you, changing you, saturating you. And it's fun. The river is fun. He wants you to splash around. He wants you to enjoy him. He says, go ahead, kids. I made it for you. This river, this waterfall over you, it's for you. Some of you can even see it. Some of you can even feel it. Whether you can or can't. Believe me, it's there. <sighs> and for some of you in this room, when I began to talk about Papa's love and acceptance and delight... There's still something in you that says, well, maybe for everyone else in this room, but not me. I break that lie off of you in Jesus' name. I break it off of you because it's holding you back. I take those chains off of you. Lord, would you release your angels right now in this room to, to break off any chain or any hindrance that would keep us back from believing the truth that we are loved, we are lovable, we are wanted, we are treasured, we are yours. We're free to enjoy your love. We are free to enjoy you and be enjoyed by you. Jesus, you said, you said that we couldn't, well, you said to, that we were to love our neighbor as ourself. Another way of saying that is we really can't love our neighbor unless we love ourselves, And we can't love ourselves unless we know the truth of how lovable we are, how loved we are. So lay it on. Lather us. Lavish us with kisses from heaven. Favor. 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 Massive favor over your life. That's just the way it is. Your princes, your princesses wanted and a huge part of your father's kingdom. Loved, loved, loved. Loved, loved, loved. I want you to say, I am loved. Now say it like you really mean it. I am loved. Do you know how freeing that is? You are loved. 
You are loved. Because love wins. And you are loved. means you are on the winning team already. And now, Lord, just kind of, if, if you haven't already, just kind of put your hands up for a minute. Because, Lord, what you've said is that these hands right in front of us really are the very hands of Jesus. And that you've placed your spirit within us. And so I'm saying, Holy Spirit, more, more, more. Would you let us know the power that resides in us, the resurrection power of Jesus. It's what, it's what your word says. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. For some of you, you might even be seeing or feeling almost like uh, lightning bolts coming in from heaven. But for some of you, it ought to be exploding from the inside out because the kingdom of God is within you. So it's like bursting out of your pores. Like I see, I see for some of you, there's like thousands of little lights shooting out of your, of your hands. You carry more authority and power than you could possibly imagine. So we're asking Holy Spirit, we're saying, Holy Spirit, take these hands, use them the way you want to. Use them to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, even to raise the dead. But always in love, use these hands to love. Use our feet to go the places you want us to go. Use our eyes, Lord, to see what you see. Use our ears to hear what you hear. When we look at people, Lord, let us see the treasures. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Lord, we want that. More, 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 more. And so, Lord, thank you that as we receive your love, as we agree with the authority and power that you've given us, we will be our true selves, the true Christ ones. You are Christ ones. Ambassadors of the Lord of life through you. That's who you are. You are a bringer of good, good news. Wow. And Lord, now would you also ca cause us to walk in the unity that is ours in Christ? Lord, we choose to lay down our offenses as quickly as they come up. Lord, give us speed, quickness, and laying them right back down as soon as we feel them. Your invitation is, I'll take that for you if you would like. So, Lord, we release the offenses. We release them, God. And the misunderstandings and the, the differences of opinion. God, thank you that we are one in Christ and that nothing can separate us. Thank you, God, that as your body comes together as one, we are unstoppable. Thank you that it's happening. We just bless 
all the pastors out there, we bless them, God. We bless them, we bless them, we bless them. One last really quick story I forgot to say is this. Don't, don't sit down. I, mean, I promise I'll make it short. I, is that when I was at, when we were at that gathering and they, a uh, uh, couple days ago, a bunch of our intercessors and some of our second year ministry of stu- school students, ministry students were ministering to the, the, uh, the pastors, the regional pastors. And as they did, I stepped back and I started watching it, and I was I was filled with so much joy. I started there was this laughter, the bubbling up as I watched all the leaders receiving, but but the laughter turned into some tears because I was just so overwhelmed with the goodness of it all. And right then, the, the Father spoke to me and said, "What you're experiencing is just a touch, just a taste of what I experience every time you do this for each other. Every time, every kind word, every." Every little thing you think you're doing just to encourage someone to lift them up in their day, it brings such delight to the Father that he laughs and he even weeps with joy. So, so God says, keep going. Keep doing the little things. Lord, would you send us, even tonight, even tonight where we go, Lord, in tomorrow morning where we are, the little things, let us see what you see and let us do the little things to encourage and love and uplift everywhere we go. That as we do that, we are making a huge difference. Thank you, God. I want to I ask if a couple of people would, would come forward because we're going to pray for those that want prayer, those that in a second that want to go, please do. Um, but I saw um, Joe and Eva, would you mind coming up and praying for people? And um, uh, there was a few others I saw that I wanted up here. Um, oh, Art and Donna, will you come up? Will you just for a little bit? And, and um, Derek and Cynthia, would you guys come up and pray for people? Just I think you might want to be prayed for by her. Kathy's not here with you. You want to come up anyway? Come on up. You can pray for people. All right. And Marilyn, you too, if you're able. Marilyn, since you shared, would you come up and pray for people too? Just for a little bit? Okay. That's, that's awesome. So um, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you with, with all of the fullness of God. And my prayer like Paul's is that you get it. I pray that, that, that the Holy Spirit would so empower you, so strengthen you, that you would know in your knower how wide and deep and high and long and never-ending is the love of the Father and of Jesus for you. Amen. So if you want prayer, come on up. We'll pray for you. Bless you.